this is Wicked Spursy. Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave, we are starting out season three. This is episode one of season three. Unbelievable. I have always believed that uh, the third time around is when you start actually getting good. So gentlemen, it's time to start out our best season ever. What do you think, Steve? How are you feeling? I'm feeling like you just put a lot of pressure on my shoulders. And again, you know, season three, episode one, I feel the need to remind everybody that as a millennial, I can't cope with this kind of pressure. Uh, so I'm going to need to talk to my therapist and I'll get back to you on, uh, that particular answer, Dave, fortunately for you, uh, I haven't met with her yet this week. So, um, we'll, we'll be able to work it out and, you know, maybe next episode we'll, uh, tell you how I'm feeling. We are here for you, Steve. We, we are absolutely here for you. Uh, before I go to Mike, just, uh, want to let, our listeners know because who knows we might have picked up a, a few new folks along the way so wicked spursy we are a vermont based podcast uh rooted around our shared love for tottenham hotspur um we talk about both quite a bit uh where we're from and the things that we love and then we mix in a lot of other things as well so uh for those of you that are new welcome for those of you that have been with us for a while welcome back we're, we're glad that you're a part of the wicked spursy mm-hmm. crew and speaking of the wicked spursy crew mikey how's it going uh, it's going pretty well, Dave. We, um, it, I've had a great summer so far. Um, I've uh, been mostly good about being uh, gluten reduced, if 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 you want to put it that way. Um, I don't eat foods with gluten in it. I still drink my beer, which uh, you know um, is a kind of a big part of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, so I, I don't do my gluten stuff because it's, you know, uh, for health reasons, uh, other than um, it seems like when I, when I've uh, stopped eating, you know, gluten rich foods, it seems like my Crohn's has kind of chilled out, but that said, summer has been really great. Um, we've had very nice temperatures. Vermont's been beautiful. A lot of mosquitoes, you know, that's fine. That happens. It's um, not fine. Fuck those bloodsuckers. <laughs> uh, but temperature's starting to ramp up. I think uh, it's been raining here all most of the day. Um, but I'm on vacation this week, Dave. And really, with vacation um, comes uh, you know some some fun stuff. So um, got the got the deck finally uh, completely demoed, and uh, hopefully be getting. Uh, be getting set up this week um, at some point uh, between the raindrops because it's supposed to rain all friggin' week. But um, and my hopefully the delivery comes of all the materials. So um, that that that's hopeful for tomorrow. Um, outside of that, uh, we've had some uh, great soccer here in Vermont to 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 enjoy. Um, the Vermont Green FC, their USL two team, which is you know it's a developmental league. It's fourth tier uh, of the U.S. soccer. Um, last night, they just put in a, a performance against one of the top teams in the league. Um, 
that got them into the playoff. So uh, they're off to Newport News, Virginia uh, to play on Friday against the number one ranked team, uh, I think, in the nation. They're undefeated. They're 12-0-2. So... To, to add a little extra color to that, what made last night so special, the team that Vermont beat was on a 10-game winning streak, not undefeated, winning streak. winning streak. And I believe they haven't conceded uh, in most of those games either. Uh, and for you Spurs fans out there, the game winner, uh, coming courtesy of my favorite player, uh, Nwagbo, was very reminiscent of a, a certain Serge Aurier's goal where uh, it looked like he was trying to cross it into the box and it just floated above the keeper and into the far corner. Absolute beautiful way to win a game. What's what's funny, Steve, about that is uh, I, I talked to Debo after the game and uh, I, I, I'm, one, I'm, I'm one of the members of the supporters group. Um, so we kind of hey, have Mike, some... for our listeners. Who's Debo? Uh, Debo Nwagbo. Debo Nwagbo. All right. The, See, the guy just yeah, trying yeah. to help out our he's, listeners. Yeah. Um, he's a forward. He plays center forward. He plays, uh, and he plays on the right, on the right wing as well. Um, so he kind of took over when our, 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 uh, our talisman got, um, got red carded, got a straight red card in a three game suspension. So, uh, Debo's just been scoring goals for fun lately. And last night he, uh, yeah, that, that goal was outrageous. So I talked to him after the game and he said, I said, uh, that was a cross, wasn't it? <laughs> and he said, honestly, he goes, I just, I just saw an opening. So I just tried to put it somewhere into the box, but there was nobody in there. And I, and I totally, I was like, I said, I saw what was happening. And I thought, I thought, Jesus Christ, there's no one in the fucking box. Beautiful cross. Goalie went one way and then realized that it was floating over the top of his head and just kind of floated into the top corner on the far post. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. So uh, I, I think these guys might have an actual shot at something. Their they're midfield and defense has been locked down all summer. They play a 3-5-2, sometimes a 4-2-3-1. I mean, it, and they, they bounce back and forth and uh, it's – it's kind of neat to watch these young, young college kids and uh, in some uh, cases, high school kids um, out there playing and uh, enjoying themselves and giving themselves a chance to be recognized, you know, for, for larger leagues. Fantastic. And you guys, you know, obviously, you know, I live a little bit too far away to enjoy the festivities uh, like you do, but you guys are close enough. So you've seen this team kind of start from scratch and, and not, not bound for the playoffs. What's the, uh, what's the environment? What's the, the culture been like at the actual matches? How's that feel? Um, I, I for speaking <laughs> for myself, um, it's been pretty great. Um, the club has embraced our supporters club. We call ourselves the green mountain boys, but B H O Y S uh, like the uh, Celtic supporters. Um, so uh We've kind of adopted that moniker for a supporters club and they've allowed uh, the club has allowed us to go in, um, put up our flags um, um, and, and, and set up our space. We kind of have a reserved space where we sit in the South stand, which was my suggestion. And uh, our, our Gooner friends that are in the supporters group as well. Uh, didn't even bat an eye an eyelash until I said, uh, 
you know, I told them about Tottenham and they, <laughs> and then they were like, Oh, fuck that. We're not sitting here. And I said, Oh, fuck. Yeah, we are. But anyway, fine. don't sit here. Going through all of that. We like everybody, everybody in the club from the club to the supporters group um, have been amazing. They allow us to tailgate um, in the players and uh, coaches lot. Um, so we set up tents. Um, we have drinks, we have food. Um, the environment's great. And in every single game, it's been growing and growing, not just with our supporters group, but with our attendance there. Um, and it seems every single match we setting, we're setting new attendance records for virtue field, which is where uh, university of Vermont catamounts play. Um, last night packed it to capacity, 2,500 people. Um, and, you know, I don't think they've had a crowd of less than a thousand, maybe except for the rain game that Steve went to. That was Steve's first game. Um, and I was away for that one. Steve, but, you've been, uh, or at least this last time you took your little guy with you as well. What, what did he think about the whole action? You know, he, he's like super into it for a while, uh, but he's two. So he gets bored at, you know, like the half hour mark, but uh, no, I mean, even even with that in mind, everybody has been like super great with him. You know, I was hanging out uh, the other day with the the bulk of the supporters group there. One of the dudes gave uh, gave my little guy some drumsticks and he was just going to town for 20 minutes straight on the drums. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, as a parent, um, a relatively new parent uh it, it's nice to have something else to like bring your child to uh, especially when you're trying to get him interested in things like a soccer um and you know even when he's bored he's you know on the way back to the car when we have to leave because he's you know getting tired and cranky he's always like you know i want to come back uh can we go again um so no, it, it's it's a great time, and yeah, the attendance has been fantastic. Everybody's been super friendly. Um, you know, you can tell that there are some, you know, honest soccer fans who are just glad that there's some sport uh, for them to watch in their own backyard. Um, but there's also a lot of uh, what I saw, um, you know, newer fans who are kind of just checking it out because it's like the new thing in town. Uh, and I was telling uh, Mike before you hopped on, Dave, one of the teachers at uh, Isaac School. Uh, he, I saw him today. He had his, you know, Vermont green Jersey on. He said, you know, I'm so glad that you turned me on to this. It was a blast. You know, I went to the last two games and it was a lot of fun. I, you know, didn't think it was going to be that intense, but, uh, no, the guys, they're loud, you know, we're trying to bring the noise, trying to make it a, uh, you know, a fortress for our team. And, uh, it's, it's great to see a lot of this, uh, passion in our local community. It doesn't the 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 noise and our chants and our singing, uh, and the drums. We have guys that come. We guys uh, the Montreal Impact Ultras uh, come down uh, every few games. Um, we had the Ultras, uh, a group of Ultras, come up from um, from New York City for the midweek game from the uh, from the Cosmos Ultras, um, and the support we're getting from, from the lower tier soccer community all the way up to the MLS community um, has been amazing. Um, uh, we are, I say we, because, you know, I feel like the fans are as much a part of the game in soccer as, as, as anything. And we are an anti-racist um, 
an anti-racist organization. Um, we support Black Lives Matter and um, and transgender issues. Um, and on top of being, um, we want to be a carbon neutral, um, you know, a carbon neutral, uh, um, environmentally friendly club. So everything that the club puts out puts out is made out of recycled materials. We use a lot of uh, they use a, a lot of um, alternative energy. Um, and they also they also support um, um, you know carpooling that kind of stuff. They we did a big we did a big event for carpooling where we marched through the through the UVM campus down to the down onto the fields one day, and then um, we had um, and you'll love this, Dave. We had a a union night, in fact, um, <laughs> where the AFL CIO and the AFT came and spoke in, at halftime, and and. Uh, that was big. And then there were a lot of giveaways and the, the club is also sponsored by um, Burlington beer and Ben and Jerry's. Um, we're also very environmentally uh, conscious, uh, conscious businesses as well. So. Um, Sun common too. Got to throw. Sun common is the, yeah. is the Jersey sponsor. The, and it's, and they're a solar company. Um, so, I mean, the, the entire atmosphere is fantastic. They're, we're loud. My voice is crackling today because of you know the singing all night long and, <laughs> and the drinking <laughs> so a typical saturday is basically what you're telling me yeah it's so yeah yeah except we did it on a sunday night right fair enough hey uh we we should talk to them about like the wicked spursy sleeve sponsorship or something like that that'd be pretty solid what do you guys think that would be that would be great oh yeah absolutely all right we'll get we'll get on that gentlemen hey, thanks Dave. for talking about that though go ahead Mike. i have one Steve. question for you because i you know we haven't seen you in a while yeah, um yeah. it feels like so i just i i wanted to ask you um you know how does it feel coaching in saudi arabia these days <laughs> you know really grateful for the opportunity um we're, we're going to make you proud and um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, that's all I got to say. For, for you newcomers out there, um, I'm, I'm pushing this joke that uh, Dave looks like our uh, former mm -hmm. manager, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. Uh, Just the pasty white version, that's all. Yeah, pasty white Nuno. <laughs> Although I did go to the beach yesterday, so I'm working on the tan. Not doing very well, but, but working on it very slowly. More like lobster Nuno right now. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Lobster Nuno. That'll be my new Twitter handle right there. <laughs> All right, boys, let's uh let's get to Spurs, man. Since we last met, there's been a lot to talk about. Uh, Mike, gonna give you the first shot to talk about anything you want that's on the agenda. What do you got? Uh, oh, you're not you're not gonna force me to talk about goalkeepers. I'm not gonna that's, force that's, you to that's do very anything, nice of me. I'm here to I, I'm here to just facilitate you <clears throat> sharing your knowledge. What do you have for us? Um let's let's just start off with uh we don't have to deal with itk because there is really no itk right now there, there's a couple little nuggets but um let's talk about talk about our signings um uh last time we spoke it it was only it was only a forester right and and parasitch right right i forget uh, if parasitch had happened had he had he happened at that point or was he like on the parasitch had happened i believe okay yeah. I think yeah. we we spoke about. I I remember saying something about how awesome it like that he was two footed. <laughs> fair, fair. And then you went on a rant about goalkeepers and forced her being too old. You forced but, me into that, but I, that's I, that's fine. I forced her to you into it. You forced her. There you we forced go. Her me into it. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we can talk about uh, Isbazuma. Um. We can talk about 
um, Longley, who we just locked down uh, on a loan. Um, we could talk about Jed Spence, who's been my boy for a couple of years now. Um, love that guy, but um, not official you know, yet. I, I'd, I'd like to talk about um, our, our new forward player because um, Dave is not was not a fan of him at all. I, nope. I, I Dave was not a fan at all. So let's let's talk let's talk about Richie. We're gonna call him Richie. Richie is an option. Uh, Ricardo is an option. Uh, Richard is an option. Charlie. Rick, Ricky's an option. Charlie's an option. We can't Ron call him hair. son. I'll call him. We can't call, call him ramen son. hair. That's, yeah, that's ramen terrible, hair. Steve. That, that's horrible. He doesn't have the ramen hair anymore, though, does he? Steve, you're canceled. Get out yeah, of here. He's canceled. <laughs> Get out of our club. Damn it. I can't believe I was the first one canceled. <laughs> you did it to yourself. So let's, yeah, let's talk about Richarlison. Um, 60 million for that guy seems it seemed initially like a lot of money um but here's the thing we we don't have a guy who in the club who just that shit houses like him you know we have we have Romero I know that um but we don't have a guy who's going to force guys into like stupid mistakes uh, defensive players forcing defensive players into yellow cards, red cards, that kind of stuff, and he does that kind of stuff. We we understand as as fans, we hated we hated the fact that the guy was on the ground, friggin' sixty minutes of the game, right? And the thing is that he's that type of player that you hate when he's not on your team, but you love when he is, right? He's that guy. He we we loved Lamella for his shit housing. Richarlison brings that same type of thing. But what it, what he also brings is um, is the Liam Neeson, uh, you know, certain set of skills. Um, and he he ha- he has the ability to play to play on the left, on the right. He he has the ability to be a center forward. So that means that means that we're going to be able to use him in a role where he's giving where he's um, getting the time he needs to be effective on the field on a consistent basis, but also getting rest for our other players and not just as an A and B team situation. You know, we can give Son and Decky and, and Harry Kane rest now, you know, so that we can perform in those upper levels of Europe. Um, the Richarlison signing, um, I think, is was a, a sign that we're moving toward being one of those big clubs. Um, and it's going to be really essential to have guys like him who can, who can pass well, who are, are on the ball. Well, you no, know, he's kind of good on the ball. Um, his footwork is, is uh, slightly erratic at times. It looks like. Um, but the one thing that I love about him is that he has no fear to track back and play defense. You see a lot of, a lot of these forwards who just won't do it. Right. Um, Harry Kane doesn't really go back and play a lot of defense. And, and, and you know, we're going to see that guys like Holland, Holland goes back and plays defense. Um, he's a bull though. Right. Um, but there are a lot of these center forwards who just do not go back and play defense. He's he, he has no problem doing that. The guy's constantly moving. He's like Decky, you know, I mean, 
He's constantly on the move. He's constantly running. He's constantly looking to fill space and, and be where he needs to be to, be, to make, um, make the play effective. And, and I like that about him. Um, he pumped in what, 10 goals and five assists for a shit, shit team last year. Right. Um, so Richarlison is a great addition to this club. I'm glad they gave him the number nine. Uh, we got to see him in a couple of uh, preseason friendlies, but we'll get to talking about that maybe a little bit later. Um, but I have I have absolutely no problem with that signing at 60 million, it, and I think is an outrageous. It's kind of a, it's it's a it's a good bit of business, and and it's and it's maybe a discount for a guy who could be the number one player on or he was the number one player on Everton's team for the past couple of years. You know, we get what we've been doing lately in our, in our transfer strategy has been outrageous. We're getting Steve. discounted guys and they're all the best players on their teams. So on that note, let's segue. And I, I don't want to um, just focus on Richarlison, but let's segue to Steve, Steve, your thoughts on transfer windows. But before we do, Mike, you shared a statement the other day that I saw failed to share talked about the total dollars we've spent on various players and what that was equivalent to. What was that again? Yeah. So it, uh, it was minus Richarlison, but it was the money we spent on Perisic, Forrester, um, Jed Spence and Basuma uh, was less than the money that Arsenal spent on Ben White. So you have another crappy transfer window for, for Tottenham, eh? Yeah. Re- real shit. Um, and we're going to offset that with some, with some sales. Right. So, and that's fantastic. Look, we spent like what, 90 million already. So it's all going to be offset. Like a lot of that money is going to be offset. And so we're not even really diving into that war chest yet. And Jed Spence came at a ultra deep discount. And I don't know if Steve wants to talk about Jed Spence, if he knows yeah, a Steve, lot what, about him or not. What do you think? Or what do you or, know? Or Basuma even like, I think when it comes to Spence, I want to see him actually signed uh, before I get carried away, you know, uh, but he's, he's a promising player. I, you know, I got nothing against him. I think that there are, you know, some moments that he really shown, particularly uh, in his Nottingham loan, but, you know, there is still a lot of, of, rawness there you know he's not a finished product he's not somebody who's gonna step in and and be that number one guy without a little bit of effort um so to me he's he's like a like a sessignon type where the ceiling is just way up there uh and having him around some some established players like and i can't believe i'm gonna say this matt doherty um is just (laughs) going to help him grow uh and be a valuable asset to us um and actually before i get too far down this train of thought i'm heading with these uh younger guys on on spurs right now i just want to call attention to the absolute shitstorm backlash uh that basuma got on his arrival and how completely unwarranted it ended up being um you know, for those of you who who maybe Steve, don't pay attention, Steve, you've already been canceled. Are you are you really going? I'm going for it. I'm going for it again. It just needs to be said. Blaze of glory. 
it, it needs to be said, you know, when when Basuma signs, there was a very vocal uh, group of Spurs fans who were absolutely enraged at the fact that somebody who was under investigation for sexual assault had been signed by the club. And, you know, in all fairness, there was a part of me that sat there like, I can't believe that we've just done this. But then I remembered that being investigated doesn't equate to guilt by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And, you know, there was a part of me that was guilty for even thinking that, right? Like here I was playing judge and jury for some guy. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I don't know what the facts are. Um, But it sounds like those investigating the case uh, are quite content that nothing happened with Basuma. Um, so you had a, a large group of Spurs fans who went out and, and slagged him off immediately. Um, and it turned out to be, well, for from a legal standpoint, nothing, right? Whether something happened or not, uh, that's not something I'm, I'm here to argue. But I do want to say that it's, it's unfair for us as, you know, just kind of armchair analysts to be looking at situations like this and trying to make rash judgments about them when we don't know what's going on right it's unfair to the player you know it's unfair to the uh, survivor for people to be ganging up on one person or another um it's that to me it's not justice right it's it's just virtue signaling at that point and if you want to get the justice for these individuals then you need to take a step back and and be objective about a lot of these things. Because um, on the one hand, you know, if, 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 big if, he was uh, found to have had some involvement, then yeah, I'm right up there with the rest of them demanding that the club rips up his contract, whatever. But at the same time, you know, accusations like these, they can destroy somebody's career. They can destroy their livelihood, make them an absolute pariah. And then for it to be, you know, nothing behind it, nothing of substance, that is unfair in a different direction, right? So I would just, you know, before he even puts the the, the shirt on and, and gets out onto the field for a preseason game, I would encourage a lot of the Spurs fans who uh, were angry at his uh, signing and just, you know, maybe reconsider uh, how you feel about it, how you feel about him. Um, and and put yourself in, in his shoes, right? Like, if it was you being accused of it and you knew that there was nothing to it, would you really want hundreds of thousands of strangers to be telling you off and calling you this and that? Um, you know, it, it's, it's not pleasant. Um, I think that we absolutely need to be uh, punishing anybody involved in any kind of sexual abuse or sexual misconduct to an absolute highest possible degree, but only after there has been enough proof to show that, yes, this person is, in fact, a guilty person. You know, here in the States, we've got this concept, uh, innocent until proven guilty. Um, And, you know, that's something I think we just need to remember uh, as we look at not just this, but some of the other allegations that have been coming out over the last few weeks as well, right? You know, as, as much as we want to try to get justice for the survivors, it's it's important that we don't jump to conclusions and, and ruin somebody else's life on a hunch. 
So Steve, I want to, um, first, I, I thank you for sharing those thoughts. And I want to, I didn't, I didn't know season three, episode one, we were going to go, going to go hard on social issues right away, but this is worth talking about. Um, let me say what I, I want to state what I didn't hear you say. I didn't hear you say that you don't believe that um, survivors or people who make allegations of sexual abuse should not be listened to. I did not hear you say that. Um, and I didn't hear you say that um, there's not the possibility that maybe Basuma was involved in something that was less than awesome or less than stand up or less than what, you know, um, we might we might want him to have been. But I also didn't hear you say that um, it's your place to, to know all the details behind the scenes because those things are are what they are. And uh, last I checked, even though we like to think in the in the United States that our form of, of government is something that we created on our own. Uh, lots of lots of the aspects of our judicial system are based on other countries, including England. And um, the concepts that play out in terms of how how crimes are accused, how things are investigated, and how decisions are made about whether or not to go forward. Um, there are some commonalities, you know, be, between us and them. And if there's not the evidence or the circumstances aren't aren't right to lead that direction those types of things tend not to progress. Am I, uh, am I adequately stating what you didn't say, but maybe capturing some thoughts that you might've shared if, if given the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, the, the final point I'll make is if you haven't seen it, just go watch 12 Angry Men. I mean, th that is almost exactly what I'm getting at, right? Maybe there was something to it, but you know, something doesn't sit right. There's not enough there. You know, it's it's easy to say yes, guilty, but it's hard to acknowledge, you know what, maybe I don't know what actually happened. Also, 12 Angry Men is an incredible movie. And even if you don't care about uh, this particular case, I still recommend you go out and watch it because it is phenomenal. All right, there you have it. Mike, I can see your wheels turning. You got anything to say on this? No, I just I, I really didn't have uh, any wheels turning. I was just processing all uh, all of that stuff that that Steve said. Um, you know, and and uh, and I just I, I I do believe that um, whether you like the term or not, due diligence was done on the part of the on the part of the club, and I think now we can, as fans, can look at. Um, look to the club to not put us in that type of position again as fans to, to have to pick and choose and, and, and decide, you, you know, whether this guy was guilty or not. Um, that's not for us to decide, but the club did make, I, I think could have made a better, um, a better decision based on knowledge of how passionate fans are. And, and how soccer fans can change the fortunes of a, of a club really quickly. Um, but, you know, I just want to echo everything that Steve said, because even fans who supported the signing, uh, like myself, um, I did support the signing. Uh, and um, I wanted to wait until all the facts were out before, before putting judgment on the guy and, um, there was some blowback for me on some social media stuff, um, that made me take some time off. And, um, there was some other social media stuff like that. I got blowback on, um, 
And I think it, it all compounded at the same time because of comments that I had made. And I just, I wasn't, I wasn't okay with it at the time. Um, but, and it was for the reasons that Steve just kind of laid out there. So that's, that's my only thought on this. Um, you know, um, I mean, it is a tricky situation, right? Like you, mm-hmm. right. I feel, I feel like Spurs may have, uh, we absolutely want to support the survivors of these, these crimes, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we don't want to, you know, condemn somebody unjustly. It's, it's right. tricky. It's, it's mm-hmm. a very delicate situation. Um, and, you know, I, I guess the only objective that I have for really bringing it up is just to remind, you know, our, our listeners to just, you know, maybe take a step back for a second before you go all in on on somebody like Mike, who may have a particular point of view, and just think about it from a couple of different angles before you really commit to hating somebody or, you know, wanting to, to run their name through the mud or whatever it might right. be. And yeah, hey, let's. Here's what's going through my mind, and I'm going to say this, Steve, at risk of you and all your millennial progressive friends just canceling the crap out of me. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't shock us for a wealthy person to find their way out of uh, questionable legal issues. It wouldn't shock us for a professional athlete to find their way out of questionable legal issues. But in the country we live in, um, a black man in his twenties that doesn't tend to happen with a whole lot of frequency, you know, and, and that, that underlying dynamic is also in play in my mind. Again, I'm not casting judgment on how anybody did their jobs in this case, Spurs, law enforcement, Basuma, um, the, the, the people or person who alleged, right. I'm not, I'm not casting any judgment. I'm just saying it's a really interesting and complex case. And to your point, Steve, try to get as many facts as you can before you lay down hard, what your opinion is that you're going to go to the mat on, because uh, you may regret going to that mat and, I, uh, yeah, we've anyway. pretty much, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh, we have other signings, right? So and- yeah, we have, we have Basuma and I'm going to tell you that Basuma, uh, I, this guy is going to be, is going to be a lockdown defensive, defensive midfielder. Hold on, um, Steve, or hold on a second, Mike, hold on. I, I do just want to note for the record, first time, maybe ever, usually it's Steve and I kind of Q and Mike, like, shut up, let's move on. And I just want to give credit to Mike on, uh, <laughs> on put, putting the beat down anyway, on that particular coys. one with the anyway yeah. coys. That's going to be our transition word. Like, all right, shut <laughs> up, let's move on. Anyway it's coys. It's the safe word, right? Um, <laughs> so I, I love I love this Basuma signing. I really do. I think it, it given what we know about Parasich and his ability to cross the ball in, um, and his his insane fitness um i think the basuma signing is going to end up being our signing of the summer um i love everything about this guy and he, and he was the type of guy that like you would watch him you would watch him on a saturday or sunday morning and go man i wish we had a guy like that in our club i have yeah i mean a number of times like you know, you just hear that name and you're like, shit, yeah, we got to play against Basuma. The guy's tough. He is, uh, a, again, a lockdown type of a defensive midfielder, intercepts a lot of balls, a lot of balls. And, and that that um, pl- that plays into Conte's system, um, you know, he, bigly, I'm, I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> bigly, um, okay. Not to bring that guy, uh, you know, back from the fucking grave, but um, – it, it, it's 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 going to be a huge component of our midfield um, going forward. 
Um, and I, I just, I think that every, every single signing was made with purpose and has been made with purpose. Um, you know, you, you look at Forrester, like for what, whatever it is, I said, um, he's probably going to be a stabilization, uh, in, in that, um, you look at Richarlison, Richarlison is, can play anywhere, right? So he's going to be able to spell guys. You look at Basuma, who is, who is um, bolstering what, what has become a, a pretty damn good midfield um, outside of the creative, you know, aspect of it, but we have a really good defensive midfield. Um, you look at Jed Spence, who's something for the future, right? Long lay. Uh, Longley is going to be the guy who is a reclamation project for, for um, Conte, you know, and our new, and our new signing uh, at right wing back, uh, Lucas Mora, even. I wondered <laughs> if we were going to go there. Are we talking about Lucas? No, we don't have to talk about Lucas right yet, but right. I'm just, I'm just kind of highlighting all, all these signings were made for purpose. And, and if anybody can get like you, you, you hear people bitching, complaining about Longley. Um, there's a reason that Barcelona wouldn't sell him outright. It wouldn't give us an, an option on him. They want to see what he does elsewhere to see if he's still got it first. You know? So Barcelona's spending stupid money right now. They needed to get long way off their books so that we could, you know, we we could um assume some of his some of his earnings i mean most of his earnings i guess is what what the deal is um so why not take this guy there's no downside to having him there because we have we had no way to back up big daddy ben right (laughs) dave i got a question for you real quick is it just me or do you feel like mike has just had an incredible series of very lucid and intelligent analysis about our team. <laughs> lucid. Yeah. Lucid. <laughs> new season, new Mike. I, that's all I'm, that's all I'm wondering. Right. Well, I mean, he, yes, but it's like, it's like is, when Hoiberg gets a week off and he comes back and he's like fucking refreshed. Right. It, it's almost like, Steve, are you suggesting something's missing? Like maybe, maybe Mike needs to do something. Look, I, I just, I, I want to know what's giving Mike this this intellectual prowess. And the only thing that I can think of is, is you know, it's got to be an environmental factor. So, um, you know, I've, I've got a nice beer right here. Um, and I know Mike's a fan of beer. So maybe I'm just not drinking the right ones, I, I guess. But I don't know what to drink. I don't know what else there is. You could use Dave, some advice, couldn't you? I could use some advice. How how would I figure that out, Dave? How could I find? Just ask a question. Ask the question, and you'll get the advice you need. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? Well, great, great bit, Steve. Well done, by the way. That was that was a great bit. That was awesome. (laughs) Well, Steve, uh, you know, I love I love when you guys ask that question. Um, Tonight, I have an offering, if you will. and I, I've been I've been waiting to do this from from the time I was in uh, in Maine, going to uh, a bunch of different breweries and uh, you know my son's games and stuff. Um, um, I've got this 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 is my favorite style of beer, and um, 
it's a Kolsch. Um, so a Kolsch is a, a it's it's a beer that is it's a Kolsch style. It's a beer that's brewed in um, typically in Cologne um, in Germany, and because of the German purity laws and all that, any beer that's brewed outside of outside of Cologne cannot be called a Kolsch. Any beer that's brewed in that style can't be called a Kolsch. Um, so they say Kolsch style. This actually says Kolsch right on it, but uh, maybe maybe this brewery wasn't aware of the of what the deal is. Um, it's kind of like what? champagne, right? It's the same type of a thing. It's a regional thing. I we'll love get our legal team on them. It's Make my sure favorite style. Uh, my favorite brewery makes a, an amazing Kolsch. Um, and Kolsch for the past couple summers has been um, on the uptick. There's a, there's a lot of breweries who have been doing Kolsch's. Um, so, you know, my thought is why not try them all? Um, I'm not even positive that I've had this. I, I, when I got back from Maine, I gave a couple of these away. Um, I don't think I've had it. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just review this beer. Uh, it's from Flight Deck Brewing um, in, in Maine. It's, uh, it, it's in Brunswick, I believe. Uh, and it says, Crosswind is a crisp, clean, easy-drinking beer that we brewed to enjoy no matter what direction the breeze is blowing. Uh, it says, featuring Maine-grown hops, malt, and malt. This beer goes the extra mile to showcase the taste and experience of high-quality ingredients grown not too far from our brewery in Brunswick. Um, this I place think I know super, where the wind's blowing. This place was super fucking cool. Um, they've had some really bad beers. I've had a couple of really bad beers from them, but this place is super cool. It's got they're in like an old um, like hangar, and they have planes all around the entire area. They're uh, an old defunct Air Force base, basically, is what it is. Um, Crosswind Kolsch with a K, David. Um, I'm going to put it in a staunch glass, which is the traditional um, glass you you drink uh, Kolsch's in. Big, tall glass. And let's get into this. Kolsch's are great because they get, they have like a little bit of a spice um, on the back end of it. They're, they're, they're ales that are brewed at lager temperatures, brewed and fermented at lager temperatures. And uh, so th what, uh, what happens is when they like cold, when they cold ferment and cold crash this beer, all of the adjuncts and everything that are in the beer, all of the stuff like the, that's left over from fermentation just drops to the bottom and it leaves this really crisp, clean, almost like a lager feel to it. Looks like Ales, we're about to get some darker. Looks like we're about to get some Stonger things, huh? Stonger huh? things. Good one. Good one. Whoa. Listen to Steve. Hey, Mike, while you're prepping that, I'm just on their website. Strong Top Gun vibes coming off of this uh, this site. I'm I'm uh, I love the name of the Sub Hunter Imperial IPA. That's a great name, by the way. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. All right. No, no, no. Uh, Remove before flight red ale. How's that one? Um, I did not have that one. All right. Interesting. There was a West Coast IPA that was really good uh space a Sp yep space a yep that looks good wings what's that wings is a new england juicy tropical uh that wasn't there when i was there yeah there's a 
There was one that was like a chicken, Dave. There was one that was like a uh, T54 or something like that. TEA. Uh, don't see that. I see P3 pale ale. There was like, it was like, it was an ale brewed with like hibiscus and all kinds of. Uh, yeah. Not, none of that crap for me. Not, no, no, no. So not like, my bag. yeah, exactly. All right. Sorry. I interrupted you, but just want to give them some, I'm not going to give like an Adam type of a review on this one, obviously. Um, but I'm not going to go too far into any kind of details. Um, as the lacing. I don't know. I'll let you know when I take a drink of this thing. Jesus Christ, you're going to let me have a fucking sip or what? <laughs> so, no, it, it pours nice and crisp and clean. You guys can see this. Ooh, black flannel. Nice black flannel. Flannel style. My black flannel. Yeah. 20 bucks for this glass. 20 oh, bucks for man. a glass. Wild, right? Yeah, that's a little much, but uh, I had already yeah. committed to it. I bought it at, I, while I was at dinner. I had bought, I had had a Kolsch there and their Kolsch was okay. But I bought it at dinner and then, and then I got the bill and I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, fucking 20 bucks for this glass. Are you kidding me? They're like, nope. It's a heavy duty glass though. It's really heavy. So let's get into drinking this. Cause I, I'm already smelling. It, it smells like a Kolsch. Hey Steve, while Mike's drinking and giving us his reaction, funny story for you. So my oldest son was home, home last night. He came home for my youngest son's birthday. Uh, cause I'm an old man was crashing, getting ready to go to bed. He goes, Hey dad, um, do you mind if I have a little bit of your whiskey? I said, yeah, no problem. I said, you know where the glasses are, right? So he he did his thing. I get up this morning, go check the dishwasher. You know what glass he used for his little, you know, 21-year-old bourbon expedition? Like the Beaver Town? He used my favorite Beaver Town glass, which is like very dainty and fragile. Like it's not a, it's not an aggressive glass. You know, it's not something you mess around with. So I, thankfully there were no issues, but I am going to have to have a conversation with him. Funny side note to that, David. Yeah. Um, I did give, I finally gave Steven his, uh, his Beavertown glass yesterday. You got it. Nice. And I nice. gave him the Wicked Spursy shirt he's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> also yeah. nice. Looky there. That's a heck of a glass. Thanks to our boy, Adam. across. Yeah, across absolutely. The yeah. Shout Sorry. Out. Sorry, Mikey. Back to you. Oh, he's going for an extra sip just to, yeah, dude. Um, to calibrate. This is really good. Um, I, I. Really good. There you have it, folks. <laughs> No, I mean it's this got been, this, it's, hey Mike, what's drinking? This, no, no, it's it's got it's got that classic stonge like feel, like the taste, uh, or, or a classic Kolsch taste. Um, it's got that that spicy note to it, but it's also like shit. This is like a really good lawnmower beer, right? Like you could have a bunch of them. I don't even know what this comes in at for ABV, but um. I bet it's around four or five, four or five. No, 5.3. Damn. Yeah. Um, Can't yeah, even taste an extra percentage point. I, I think, I think uh, Good Waters is like five, five, but um, I really like this beer. Um, I would, I would drink probably a bunch of them at a, at a you know, a nice, uh, say uh, like a Wicked Spursy barbecue, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, these could cause some trouble. Um, I don't think it's as good as good waters, but I, I, I am going to give it a pretty high rating for, um, for what I believe is a very good beer. Um, I'm going to get a 3.72. And the two hundreds come from, uh, the two hundreds come from the, uh, 
the look and the smell and the fact that you guys haven't called me a fucking asshole or a nerd yet. Well, it's, it's early. Yet. It's early. He's also trying to one-up uh, Harry Kane, Eric Dyer, and, and Matt Darty, who have been doing a rating game on their social media recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because they're they're yeah because they're fans they're... of fucking douchebag Dave Portnoy. But also, Harry Kane's trying to up his social media game since he's been fucking awful at it for a while. He has been. He has been. Um. So yeah, uh, are we gonna do the song? Are we gonna do what? Are we going to do the song thing? Mike's going to sing a song for us. That's what I heard. Oh, are, are we still doing the song thing? That's up to you. Buddy. I don't know. I, what do you think? I can do a song. I can do a song, but you're going to claim that it's, you know. No, I, I want mean, a song. Give me a song. No, yeah, well, yeah, it depends what song it is. And then I'll decide whether you pre-picked it or not. So uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of this beer. Uh, you know what? Oh, God. Here's here's what I think. Drink a bunch of these at the Wicked Spursy Barbecue. You think it's going well. It comes in at 5.3, but you think it's a lighter beer than it is. And then next thing you know, boom, it hits you. Um, I'm going to go with here. Scorpions, Rocky Like a Hurricane. All right, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap up, Mike, I'm going to throw an idea at you. We did not pre-discuss this. And uh, this is a big risk I'm taking. Here's the question. You've mentioned the Wicked Spursy Barbecue a couple of times. Yes, we, in fact, are having the Wicked Spursy Barbecue in about a month or so. Here's what I'm wondering. Should we invite um, our listeners to reach out to us via our social media and if someone is interested in being an attendee at the Wicked Spursy Barbecue, we could take those who express interest and we could do a drawing of some sort to identify an attendee at the Wicked Spursy Barbecue. Mike, as the host of said barbecue, how do you feel about that? I feel fine with it. Battle Royale? Can we, can we go <laughs> Hunger Games with this? Potentially, we could. we could. Oh, wait, no, we're trying to grow our subs, not reduce them right Sorry. we're not we're yeah i i revoke that let's do the, let's the, just the battle down. the battle royale will happen uh we'll we'll choose two and then the battle royale will happen actually that's that's already decided i want to see nick versus chris that's that's a done decision but uh we get back to that later <laughs> yeah well yeah I, I i i'm just i'm i'm just very curious to watch them play either cornhole or horseshoes so <laughs> they won't play cornhole because the the name offends them. Uh, let's just, I'm sure. I'm let's sure. Let's just put that out there. And horseshoes is cruel to horses, so also likely offensive. So Mike, new games necessary. Jarts. We're getting canceled games. now, boy, Dave. <laughs> you got any jarts? Can we play that? Uh, I don't have jarts. I, I I would love to have jarts. Um. So yeah, that, that that sounds like a great idea. I would um I would invite anyone uh to to my house for the barbecue. Uh, I'm gonna I'll be smoking a bunch of uh. Of, what, of Mike? What delicious meats, <laughs> uh, smoking a bunch of delicious meats, and uh, oh, you meats. know, yeah, yeah, and it's legal in Vermont, so you never know what the night's going to bring. Fair. All right, so so there it is. Uh, if you are are close enough to be engaged and have a uh, an interest, reach out to our uh, Wicked Spursy Twitter at Wicked Spursy. Let us know of your interest, and we will uh, will respond accordingly from there. 
and well, if you're texting if you're texting me directly that means uh i already know you and you're probably already invited so true yeah very, very i'm talking true. about you brian brian, brian from, rhode, from island. rhode island very brian nice from rhode island all right hey so this has been flight deck crosswind kolsch 3.72 on the uh the mikey poppy scale and uh this has been hey mike what you drinking mike well done good to get back in the rhythm looking forward to right. next week we'll see what you got scorpions by the way scorpions like a hurricane also just realized they're a german band there you it, go. All, it all comes together steve let's get back to you let's, let's talk about whatever you want to talk about now it's enough of this mike stuff he's he's been running this show little steve time is necessary what do you have because i'm so lucid we gotta gotta grab it while we can right (laughs) exactly no 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 you know i i need to bring us into um a particular corner of the podcasting sphere have you backed Uh, into the corner already i i'm going there you know we're we're taking this journey um i thought you were well rested and 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 that you're uh your issues no, but, a bit. but before i get into it i i <laughs> i want to tell this story because i think it's pretty amusing so on uh this past wednesday um i was tailgating with mike and uh, some of the vermont green supporters uh right before the game and mike's telling people about you know the podcast that we do um <laughs> and he's trying to explain the different segments right he's you know telling people i drink a beer and, and sing a song about it <laughs> And he's he's telling people and, and that's Steve, he does the, the conspiracy theories and he doesn't explain anything more than that. So I have this woman who turns over to me as I'm trying to corral my son in the parking lot and keep him from getting run over. And she gives me this look that is like, oh, you're one of them. Well, QAnon <laughs> Steve, right? QAnon Steve. <laughs> Steven on. <laughs> and of course, of course, I've got my two-year-old running around. He's trying to kick a soccer ball and I can't explain it. So there's this woman out there who thinks that I am this absolute nut job because uh, there's absolutely zero context behind it. And you know what? I kind of enjoy that. I got to yeah, kick out of that. I'm not surprised. You're okay with that. You should, you should run with that for as long she's as you a, She's one of my, yeah, she's one of my, uh, so she's, the partner of of uh, Nick, Nick, who was one of the New York Cosmos Ultras guys, um, <laughs> and she did she did give me a, a lovely beer, which I'll be reviewing at a, a I think after our Week One victory against Southampton. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that, that was that was that one lady. of the funnier moments because I I kind of caught myself too, and I said, uh, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna let it roll." <laughs> So to all of our listeners out there uh, who I have didn't been even try to explain while, myself. <laughs> you know what's coming. To all of our new listeners who may be listening for the first time this week, I'm sorry, but not even remotely. Um, I am going to dive in to a little something that I have been very thoroughly researching. And of course, by that, I mean I'm making this up on the spot as we go we've signed five players so far before the season has even started and we've got a a potential six coming in the door as well uh it's all looking like antonio conte is getting everything that he wants and that's not something that we have seen uh from levy in the past it's not something uh that 
I think longtime Spurs fans are, are kind of comfortable with. It's usually these bargain buys or, you know, we sold our biggest player for, you know, a hundred million and uh, are just going to blow that money on uh, what we hope is going to be successful for us. Uh, but never have we had such a strategy that has been so methodical and so well organized that it has brought this realization. And and if any of you out there have caught this before, um, what the fuck's wrong with you? First and foremost, I'm literally making this up as I go. And if if you're in agreement with me in the next five minutes, you really need to look at yourself in a fucking mirror. But that said, I don't think that Spurs are being run by the real Daniel Levy. I think that at some point in this offseason, he has been replaced by Paratici and Conte. They've taken him out back, tied him up, shoved him into one of their basements, and they have replaced him with Moby. Yes, Moby. Moby is the one calling the shots at Spurs right now. Because he's also bald, like Levy, uh, and who the fuck is going to miss Moby? You know, if he goes missing for a while to go and fulfill his Spurs-related duties so that Conte can get the players that he wants, Paratici can get the money that he needs to sign those players, nobody's going to notice. Meanwhile, Levy's probably, you know, tied up in one of their basements, trying to scream for help, and no help is ever going to come because nobody's going to notice. Because as long as Spurs fans are happy, they're not going to question it. They're not going to say, hey, you know what? This doesn't feel like a Levy move. This doesn't feel like he's the one calling the shots. There doesn't feel like there's anything wrong. Well, I'm here to tell you guys right now that there is something wrong that cannot possibly be the real Levy. It is Moby acting as an imposter so that Conte and Paratici can run wild with the millions of dollars that Enoch is pouring into the club. Uh, All right. (laughs) All right. Um, Here's my question. (laughs) I don't even know what my question is. I think my question is, did they also tie up and take hostage the entire Enoch out bandwagon? Because man, that, that group has been remarkably quiet this summer. I'm just really curious. That's how you know something is wrong. If they're not calling for Enoch out, it's because there is no Enoch to take out because Conte and Paradigy already took Levy and tied him up. And Joe Lewis, as far as I'm concerned, is a figment of all our imaginations. Dave, I know you met him on the yacht in the Bahamas or wherever the fuck it was. He did. uh, Good guy. Good guy. But, um, we also haven't seen you at the Vermont Green game, so I'm not entirely positive you're real anymore. It's because I'm in Saudi Arabia, bastard. There it is. There it is. You know, nothing is real. Anything you hear on the internet is bullshit, except this right here coming out of my mouth. This you can trust. Nothing else. Mike, I want to hear your response. But before I hear the response, Steve has taken taken his... Okay. Mike, before before you respond, I want to make a quick comment on <laughs> Flight Deck Brewing. Oh, Mike's Mike's got the rally cap on all of a sudden. Um, Flight Deck Brewing, two fantastic beer names that I just I'm looking through their list here. Oh, I just want to throw out some props. Strawberry Neck Pillow, a strawberry IPA. That's a fantastic name. And then maybe the best beer name ever 
if you were going to name a Czech style Pilsner, what would you name it? Check yourself. You, you would name it pre-flight checklist. Oh, I am absolutely um, gobsmacked at, at that list of names. Mike, how do you feel about Steve's lunacy? I was just trying to distract uh, and so give you time Steve's, to think. Steve's entire thing. Uh, came from came from two pieces of 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 pop culture uh eminem nope too old for steve i i, I know eminem yeah as an old delicious guy. candies <laughs> jesus christ eminem and harry potter which i guarantee he knows about harry potter well he, he knows about the author of harry potter who he's canceled along with <laughs> he has canceled. Uh, i'm sorry yeah um so so what so what I've got here is that like, okay, Harry Potter, Professor Moody was kidnapped by Barty Crouch Jr., right? Yes, of course. Right, of course. <laughs> and then Barty Crouch Jr. took the Polyjuice Potion, turned into Professor Moody. So you took that whole thing because, because he, was in, he was put into the trunk, right? Professor Moody yeah. was, and he was found at the end of the movie, right? Okay, Spoiler so- alert. There's that. Thanks. I haven't watched that one yet. Way to go, Mike. Thanks. Sorry, I fucked it up for everyone. <laughs> Don't read the books then, because you'll be totally fucked. Um, I think it's obvious from this segment, Mike, that I can't read. Okay. Dave, Dave no read books. Yeah, nobody. But the other thing is, like, he took it from, he took Moby from Eminem because he knows nobody listens to Moby, right? Nobody listens to Tech now. <laughs> Steve took my music thing and just Adam's music thing and just ran with it and put it in his his conspiracy corner. I'll have you know that I actually took Moby from How I Met Your Mother. Still pop culture. Hey, Mike, didn't Steve Steve tried to destroy uh, Bjork a little while back too, didn't he? No, that was me. That was you. Okay, my bad. Give me time. I I, I said, no, well, oh, wait, well, uh, maybe it was Steve. Feel like a Steve thing. But I don't know. You make some pretty. I, I mean, no, I made references. the comment about it. It was a, it was a, it was a better Bjork. I think it was an Enigma comment. <laughs> oh, Enigma. There we go. Sadness, sadness, part sadness. twelve or whatever it was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I said it was like a better, like a better. And then Adam canceled me. Yep, he did. Yep, he was upset. <laughs> anyway, you were about to disprove me in some way by insinuating that I would steal these perfectly rational justified uh they're not stories they're not tales what do you call things that um are made up but you're trying to protest oh facts they're facts no they're no 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 no. conspiracy so (laughs) so steve steve basically took his entire theory from this is what i'm saying Uh, i'm creating a a conspiracy or on top of a conspiracy which means (laughs) steve steve's entire conspiracy was taken from a melding of Mo- of of Moby and Professor Moody. Steve, your response. Therefore, uh, I, I believe that Steve is Barty Crouch Jr. I well, I, I don't Moby need to is. respond because Moby I is? stated min- mere minutes ago. I specifically said you can't trust anything you hear on the internet except for the things that I say. So therefore, you can't trust Mike because. Um, well, that just makes sense. And we're not about sense here. Although while we were thinking about yeah, this, I did have a great title for you, Dave. Um, you could Ooh. call this uh, Lucidity and Lunacy. I like it. I like it. 
Steve, That's you won't remember it, but Mike, who was that? Uh, who was that band way back in the day that sang Silent Lucidity? You remember that uh, one? Queensryche. It was Queensryche. Steve, that means nothing to you, does it? Those, those are not. Now tell me that I'm pulling shit out of my out of my ass and I'm making it up before. No, that's my job. <laughs> I blow I blow that shit up. It's a great song. Silent, yeah, Lucidity. Silent Lucidity. Yeah. Weird weird video, but good song. Steve, there the music go. video is something that they used to create to go along with the music that, that actually. Look, um, I saw MTV true. back when there was music. In that in, in said band by the way that they look. Steve's, Steve's first memory of MTV uh, was when he was a, an infant. His parents set him in front of it to watch Carson Daly on the. the... <laughs> Remember Adam anyway. Sandler? Adam Sandler was like party boy on. Uh, on remote Look. control, John Stewart's remote control show. <laughs> wow, that's a heck of a reference. Well done. Adam Sandler was called Party Boy. He was on that show. Yes, he was. That's a great reference. There you go. All right, we have uh, thoroughly derailed at this point. So, uh, oh, Mike, we're going to come back to you. What are we doing for the last little? Uh, we got about 10, 12 let's, minutes let's left. Talk about, let's talk about. Um, I, I I got a couple of things here. We got 10, 15 minutes, right? Um, I want to do um, real quick. Let's talk about Conte's training, and then we can talk about our uh, our preseason matches. All right. Uh, w- one which was kind of boring and one which was really fun. Um, actually, they're both kind of fun. But anyway, let's talk about Conte's training. Did you guys see the open training videos? Yeah, and I loved it. I loved what every minute fuck, of it. That's what I dude. want. Make that was make. like that was like me in high school doing two a days. Exactly right. Yeah, pro- right. Professional athletes should not puke when they're forced to run at the start of a training camp. Well, not like Harry four, Kane, especially like fourteen-year-old douchebags like you and I were, Mike. Right? Like that. Make them run. Make them puke. Keep on going. I am hey, all for hey, it. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I I love the fact that we we got we got an, like an an eyeball on what like the eye of Sauron, <laughs> the, the all-seeing eye. Um. Mike's, Mike's just hitting the... Uh, oh, I'm, the uh, I'm hitting all the pop the, culture references. Yeah, the epic references tonight. So um, we, we, we got to see, we got a little look into what Conte's training is and why, why players fucking hate it, right? Why they say players get sick of it, right? But the preseason training is what makes, what, what makes his teams, like what gets his teams fit, Right. And in order to complete 42 up and backs or whatever, whatever they're calling them, um, in order to be able to complete that at any kind of a, uh, any kind of a pace or, or it, it, without dropping out, I don't know how many, how many guys actually finished, but like, I know Harry Kane was done after like what, six. Is that he what he's thrown up? He did come back though. And I, I saw that the international guys had to do less than the guys that have been back for the full full stretch of time and by the way right. the leading guy was troy parrott he was he was the best best fit my, my boy troy parrott who i said yeah. like five years ago was going to be a fucking superstar you had to see it but um he's working <laughs> his ass off um and unfortunately we don't have audio documentation of that but we'll, no we'll no we do not one. but anyway but we do now so if he blows up now. in the future <laughs> um anyway like so we see we see this in action and so this this preseason training regimen is what we see um, 
what we've been hearing out hearing about all along, and this is what makes his teams. His teams are very fit because they have to have the discipline to be able to finish the the practice and then finish the um, finish all the running and 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 be disciplined and be able to to be able to complete the the training regimen that he sets forth in preseason and and it, and it translates into um in, into uh discipline on the field it 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 turns into um the ability to go 90 minutes in a game without actually being tired at all like you see some of these guys and they're fucking half of them are gassed by the 60th 70th minute that's not going to happen in a conte side so in order to be able to to run the machine that conte is building cog by cog they have to be fit for it and i was happy to see that shit it was wild but i was i was happy to see that and 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 to look get a really good look into it like you know I don't think that like any other club would have given you that, that type of a look, right. You're not going to get that out of a, out of a lower, lower level club or a lower tier club, or even maybe an arsenal. You're not going to get that, that kind of access Spurs have embraced all of the access for all of the fans. And that's what I love. And I think Levy and and the board got a lot of shit for it in the past, but um, now they're showing us that they're all in on this shit. And, yeah. and if you're going to make millions of dollars and we're going to spend millions of dollars on you guys, each individual player, we're going to show, we're going to show you and we're going to show the fans two separate things. We're going to show the fans that what the money that we're putting into it is going to. And then we're going to show the players that we're, we're, we're taking chances on you guys and we're paying you this money to do a job for us. You're going to be the best that you can be. And the best that you can be is by being able to go the full 90 minutes. If you have to five subs, is going to change that, but being able to go that 90 minutes, being able to be disciplined enough to, 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 um, work within the system and and being there for your teammates because this is also a team building thing right you go through this shit with a team and you know you you it's a it's a it's a cohesive thing within the unit and 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 you you become you know kind of joined at the hip in this because you're all in this struggle together yeah, you know, Mike, and they um, probably haven't felt that since they were fucking teenagers because right, they right. were over overpaid and babied. They've been handled all along. You know, I, I the, since Pochettino, like, you know, Poch kind of gave up on the on the on the fitness shit of it at the end too. Yeah, but there's a camaraderie thing to it also. Like, I, so that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Was I the, I loved the I loved this Korean tour. You know, like the the Korean audience. Uh, clearly, Spurs are a huge team there for for obvious reasons but that audience was on that bring them in a minute um that audience was receptive that audience was engaged like watching those games i don't want to jump ahead to that yet but that was fun because like 
every pass and every move that somebody made, the audience was engaged and responsive. And I think I said in our, in our chat, like not cynical, you know, like it was, it was a really cool vibe. And one of the best things was watching the, the video edit or not the edits, but the video of, of our guys doing press conferences entirely in Korean and being like totally engaged and working with the crowd, working at camps, like putting the time in to just, to just be teammates and to kind of have that common experience there's something to that, you know? And in the end, Mike, you know, from, you know, that high school football stuff we joke about when you go through a, a challenging bonding type experience, you are stronger on the back end of it. And, and I'm, I, I just, I envision like that Korean tour with Mourinho at the home and it would have been a freaking train wreck. You know what I mean? But those guys went into this tour. Lots with, of tech with, ball, lots of tech ball. Yeah, lots of tech ball. But they went into this tour with their minds, right? Everybody knew that there was a job to do, but there they had individual work to be done and they had to represent for the squad. And like, I couldn't see that going better. It was a really, really cool uh, overall outing for the team. Steve, over to you. My stat just for you. Um, so I was reading this, uh, I don't know, at some point during the tour, but apparently it's estimated that of the 51 million people that live in South Korea, about 12 million of them uh, our Spurs fans. That is how massive Sun is yeah. in that country. So 25% of every human being in Korea is a Spurs fan, simply put. Yeah, that, it's that, unbelievable. He is huge. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, I read this thing today too, and um in Sun Harry Kane is not the, the second most popular player on Spurs. In Korea. Really? You're yeah. saying there's another second most popular? All right, let's think for a minute. Don't tell us yet. He's uh, not even the second most popular. All right, I've, I've got my here. pick. I, I was going to say the same thing, General Ho. That was what I was going to throw out. Mike? Lucas Mora. <laughs> oh. The, the wing back? <laughs> the right wing back. Yeah, you know it's, 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 it's a true story. So, so hypothesis on that and then we so can, no, we can just, put aside I was, I was reading uh, uh there was um there was an article i can't remember what what site it was on but it was an article it was an article written by a south korean uh, uh uh sports journalist um talking about sun's popularity it not just in south korea but around the world and uh and then he went into sun is not just Son is the it, 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 Harry Kane is not the most popular, the second most popular outside of Son because Spurs are are obviously the choice in South Korea because of Son, um, and maybe Kim and Jay coming up. Who knows? Yeah, that'd um, be cool. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, they pointed to Lucas Mora. Here's and, my hypothesis on that, Mike, and and I know that there are listeners of our of our pod who have strong opinions about Lucas Mora and some of his real or perceived lifestyle and political beliefs. I'm not speaking to that at all. I'm putting that aside because it's yeah, our pod and we can do that. that. But <laughs> here's what I will say. Who is the most sun-like player on Spurs is Lucas Mora, right? Yeah. He's fully coys. He tends to be very optimistic. He puts in that time. He shows people that that he, that he loves interacting with him. He, he does is, what needs to be done. Does what needs to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. I said a long time ago, like, I think he should always have a role with Spurs. And I know some would disagree, but I think he should always have a role with Spurs because he is fully, fully coys. 
Yeah. So that that was just a kind of. And you know what? Between between his comments this week and Conte's comments, I, he's not going anywhere. The dude is all in on the team. He wants to do whatever the team needs of him. Um, you know, fantastic attitude. And from a coaching perspective, you know, if you've got somebody who's got the pace, um, who has the experience, who has the talent, maybe they're not the best decision maker, you know, maybe they're not, um, you know, the flashiest, but you got somebody who's, who's got that attitude and is willing to work with you. You can mold that dude into whoever, and, you know, anybody who thinks, well, you know, this isn't going to happen. You know, Lucas is garbage. She's never going to improve Victor Moses. I mean, fucking Conte took this guy and turned him into an absolute beast of a wing back. Um, and he did I, it with Perisic. Yeah. You just have to trust Conte. You know, if Conte says, Hey, this guy is going to put the work into it. He's going to listen to me. He's going to do exactly what I want him to do. You know, I think the sky's the limit with, with more at, at wing back, you know, if, if Conte can get him to perform the way that Conte wants him to perform, you know, we know that he's got the physical attributes to be fucking scary yeah. on that side. He's got the pace. He somehow can out jump, you know, people taller than him. He is tenacious. He's all over the place, you know, and he's got a, 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 you know, new countrymen uh, partnering him on the right side at times in, in Richie. That can be huge for Spurs. You know, I, I don't want to discount that, you know, there didn't look super great in the preseason games, but, uh, you know, it's early on in his right wing back tenure. And uh, if Conte thinks that there's something there, you know, I'm fully in Conte we trust right now. Well, let's also not, uh, let's not overlook. <clears throat> Lucas has kind of painted himself into the role of being the Brazilian ambassador on the team as well, right? So you look at Emerson, you look at Richarlison, like Lucas has been out there in supporting those guys, bringing them along. All the, the video and photos you see of the team, those guys are hanging out together. And, and yeah, he did it with Vinicius them. too, right? He did it with Vinicius as well, right? So let's assume Spurs are always going to have a Brazilian player. There's just a good good odds of that on any top caliber team. So who knows, man? He might be the Brazilian ambassador for perpetuity. The Brazilian uh, Ledley, right? There you go. <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to talk about the games just a bit? Yeah, uh, so the games were real fun. The K-League All-Stars were, were fun. Um and I don't necessarily know. Like, I think the deal was that there was like the two best players from each team. Like each team had to be represented. So it wasn't like their best. But watching those guys play, like they're super, super technical. Um, they're super into the game. They were super into being the best that they could be as a, as a team, given the amount of time that they were together. Um there were just like a few boners that they had, like the, the, the silly little, the, the silly little penalty was kind of funny. Like the dude tried to catch the ball. <laughs> that was like something my son would do, you know, like when he was like six, like, Oh, that ball's coming at me. I'm going to catch it. And then, and then he tried to play it off. Like, no, I was like trying to play it off my chest, you know? And like, it just, right. You know, like he legit tried to catch it. So, um, but th- that was a fun game to watch. We got to, we get to see some fun stuff on display. We get to see uh, Harry Kane uh, score on a uh, on a free kick, right? So, well, miracles do happen. 
it was deflected. It was deflected. I mean, like I, said, I don't know if you want to score the points. <laughs> um, but I mean, like lots of there was lots of fun things about that game. Um, but the, the the game against Sevilla, we all wanted to see Eric Lamella, right? I mean, obviously, uh, skeleton with skeleton with skin. Um, that guy, I, I I just I still hold no love for the guy outside of the Rabonas, right? Like, I don't hold I don't hold love for that guy. Maybe because of the he came in with what the magnificent seven they were calling them, and right. like maybe what one or two of them panned out. And I don't know if he ever really panned out. Was he? Did he actually pan out? Like I've I, I've got no love for Lamella. I you know I would rather have. A Lucas Mora um, in that spot. I'd rather have a Decky in that spot. Like, but how how cool was that footage when uh, the little when scuffle he backed started up off? The first player? He, yeah, he stepped in for the Spurs. So yeah, well yeah, <laughs> of course. Obviously, Sevilla was playing like it was the fucking like it was a fucking Champions League final, uh, putting in hard tackles on Son, and you know we we took exception to that, and, and I I love the fact that our our. Um, our new guy, Richie, got right in. I'm going to call him Charlie. I like Charlie. Richarlison. Charlie. Right. Our new guy, Charlie, uh, just kind of came in, came to his defense. But it was it was fun that Lamella came, you know, kind of tried to break things up and stuff. And But they were doing that tactic where, oh, we're going to piss, we're going to piss Sun off, right? Right. In an exhibition game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Sun plays into that shit constantly. If there's one thing that you can say about Sonny that's kind of in the negative is that he plays into that shit. He gets he, yeah, he can be petulant. He can he, he, a petulant. Yeah, that's a great word. Yeah. Um, but that that game was it wasn't so boring that like you knew it was probably going to end up in a draw. But you know you knew in the second half that there were going to be a ton of subs made that you're going to get to see some of the younger guys. Um, I'd like to see the younger guys. Uh, you know. Every time I see Harvey White, he he impresses. Yes. Harvey every White. fucking time, he impresses. Right. Look, I want to get the audio recorded. Um, Harvey White is going to be a superstar. There you go. There it is. And if that doesn't pan out, Dave, just delete it. We'll pretend this never happened. Yeah, I think I, Harvey White's going to be a superstar. I, I love I love watching that guy play. Every time he steps on the field, and we get to actually see him play, like he impresses. He even impresses. out of position. I wanted, I wanted that for Dane Scarlett and 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 those type of guys. But ever and uh, you know, uh, Patskowski too. And like, but every time Harvey White steps on that field, he is impressive. And 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 watching those games this week, we got to see a little bit of that. We got to see uh, the young guys get in there and and have a run out. We get to see all of our new, our, our well, not all of our new players because. You know, well, Decky had the had a little injury in training, and then we had uh, COVID, COVID with Basuma and Parasich, right? Parasich have it too, or Forster? Forster. Forster. Parasich yeah. didn't. Parasich has an injury because yeah. Forster's old. That's why he got it, Mike. Yes. Yeah. In fact. In fact. Um, but those the, the games were fun to watch, and and uh, it, it's always good night and. We're all looking forward to that the game in Israel, right? That's coming up to see Jose on the other side, <laughs> and I and I hope we I hope we fucking it's the last preseason game of the season, right? Is that is that true? 
yes, I'm of mixed opinion, Mike. I can't decide if I want us to put out a full squad and just beat the living piss. I think out they're of going to team. because I, it's like, which that, by the way, Dybala signed for Roma. Did you guys see that? Or he is signing for Roma? You see, he's going there like for it. medical. Yeah. yeah. But I can't decide if I want that or like put all the. I'm going to give it till week 10 until Jose starts calling him out and ruins him. May very well happen. We'll see. Hey, but, it's a, uh, we are bumping up on, uh, we're on, looking uh, at time. Steve's bedtime. So I just want to throw throw out there let's do some uh some quick closing thoughts and wrap this thing up steve what are your uh what are your closing thoughts uh i'm gonna bring it back full circle uh for a second and say you know if you guys have a lower league team near you wherever you are you know check them out it could be a lot of fun i mean we've certainly had a blast with vermont green this season um and plan on having some fun with them next season too but you know it's a great time it doesn't always have to be superstar game you know if you can just get out and you know, spend some time with the family or by yourself or, you know, whatever it may be, check it out, give them your support. I'm sure the players, the staff will all love you for it. Um, and the only other thought that I had is, uh, uh, and I'm not being paid for this. So let's preface it that way. Um, Spurs play way better than anything that fucking CBS or Paramount has put out. True. I, I don't know how the fuck a billion dollar company like that can put out such a garbage streaming platform for sports. And then here you have, you know, Tottenham Hotspur with their little rinky dink, uh, you know, let's roll this out for the first time uh, streaming service. And, you know, it, it was good. It was it was quality. Um, I, I had no issues with it at all, you know, on, on my side for the limited time that i've seen it so far with uh, the preseason so i guess i'm going to use my final closing thought to just give a big fuck you to cbs and, and paramount yeah take that you bastard do you want me to put that in the the, the pod notes just to see if they pick <laughs> fuck it up you cbs <laughs> <laughs> hashtag fuck you cbs <laughs> you got it i don't disagree though steve i don't disagree mike how about you what are your closing thoughts um, my closing thoughts are going to be a little less harsh than Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I would like to say that I'm really looking forward to this season. Um, and not just because of the Conte stuff, not just because of all the transfers uh, or, or any individual transfers, but because of all the transfers. Um, Spurs are finally, 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 we're, we're, they're acting like a big club. Right. They're not just trying to like uh, the Gareth Bale money getting seven guys in. Right. They're acting like a big club. They're, they're strengthening um, spot spots where we already had strength. Okay. Um, We're, we're kind of, we're, I think, I think the big argument in some circles is that um, Spurs are right now, um, getting a lot of guys who are older right 25 26 27 years old so they're not building for the future but that's not true um we're not not at all true no not at all true right we want to build for now but we're also building for the future and i think the jet spence thing is a big deal um the decky thing was a big deal um don't forget even the richarlison thing is kind of a big deal yeah so so um building 
building teams um, for for winning is is what Man City does, is what Liverpool does. It's what the larger teams in the world do. And strengthening those those positions where you're already strong is the way to do it. Fucking Man City signed signed Jack Grealish for fucking fun, right? This year or last year, and and he hardly ever played. But but that's the way you do it. You need to have like we watched Chelsea in in the cup games that th- that those three games in a row where we hit Chelsea, bringing in guys off the bench that were just as good as the guys who started the game. So we're getting out of that starting 11 mentality. We don't need to have the same starting 11 every single week. We can give guys rest. We have a lot of cup games coming up. We have a lot of um, European games coming up. So we're going to need strength in those positions. And on top of that, we have five subs this year. And we know that Conte loves to run his wingbacks to death to death where to the point where they're completely gassed out by 60 minutes at the 60 minute mark. You bring in fresh wingbacks who are just as good and can do the exact same things as the guys that were there before success, success. I think long lay is going to be a revelation for us. And I think we're going to press to keep him at the club after the season and um, I feel bad for guys like Regulon, who was f- also fully coys. Mm-hmm. He loves it here. I feel bad for guys like like Emerson, who who is finally fitting into a team, and Doherty, 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 who is who loves being here, and he just said that he loves being here. Uh, you know, I just I I think that. Um. It's, it's going to be sad to see those guys go. And you know, with Lucas Moore transferring to right wing back, that we're looking for another forward player and that it's going to be the, 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 the tank's going to be too full for it to keep Doherty or to keep, uh, to keep Emerson around. Because I loved Emerson. I loved Emerson being so happy at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You saw those last three, four, or five games where when 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 uh, Matt was injured, he came in and and got better every single week. He didn't regress at all. He got better every single week, and 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 I just love that. But Spurs going forward is going to be awesome because we're building for the future and we're building a team for the future and for now. Mike, I couldn't agree with you more. I um I said going into the break, it, it's all about depth and it's about making sure that that second guy in every position is as high of a caliber of player as the first guy if possible but at the very least you want to make that opponent be like oh damn it this guy's coming in now right like oh damn it harry kane's subbing off and now richarlison's coming in you know what i mean like that's that's what you want other teams to experience and deal with and every move we've made has been along those lines even if you want to be critical of the the Spence thing and say he's only been a championship caliber caliber player he's a kid with a ton of upside and he's homegrown which is a whole other conversation right like there's he doesn't play great defense but he's fast hey yeah. you know what we we have guys that play play great defense so I'm okay with that and I agree with you 
on the Emerson and Doherty thing. I think if I'm picking, I think I think Emerson probably gets sent out as opposed to Doherty because I think Emerson brings more money, and um, I think Doherty is a better positional fit for the way that that uh, Conte's team you know plays. So that's the reality. If we want to be a big club, we have to act like a big club, and that actually means you know you can't have these fan based. Oh, but you know we love him. He's a great guy. He loves the team. You, you can't have those those affinations, I don't know if that's a word, or affinities um, that hold you back from making the decisions that need to be made to improve the team. But I'm with you, 100%. Absolutely. All right, with that, this has been Wicked Spursy. I appreciate you guys, as always, to our listeners. We uh, we greatly appreciate you. To anybody who is new listening to the pod, um, glad to have you. Come back. We'll be back very soon. And uh, as always, be kind to each other. Take care of folks. Mike, anything you want to add? Don't be an asshole. Yep. And? And be safe. And one more thing. Quiz, 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 quiz.